this out, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from far and wide across the world, full circle onto the internet. My name is Sean Little and you are listening to the Read a Book Podcast. I want to thank you all for joining us Uh, once again. It's Monday, a new episode is released and today uh, we are introducing our second book as well as our second co-host. So again, big uh, shout out and thanks to our first co-host, JB. Uh, and as well for all of those who read our first book. Uh, To boil it all the way down and get to the bottom line, let me announce right now what the next book is. It's entitled The Big Payback, The History of the Business of Hip Hop, and who our next co-host is. My man, my mellow, my brother from another mother, his name some of you may be familiar with and others won't, Uh, Jacob Caswan Snyder. What's up, sir? Sup, Sean Little. We have some water if you need to clear your throat there. I got Powerade, sponsored by. Yeah, sponsored by Powerade. That's right. Uh, well, Cast One, I want to thank you for joining me for the next several weeks uh, to be the co-host of our discussion on the big payback. Um, and I always think it's important, you know, during this episode as we introduce a new book and a new co-host uh, for our audience to, to be able to get to know uh, the co-host a little bit. So I have the pleasure of sitting here in your dining room, yeah. uh, chopping it up with you. Uh, and obviously you've been my boy for many years now. Since uh, downtown Evansville. Yeah, since downtown. Uh, so we might chop it up on that story. Um, but I love Jacob. I love Cast One. Dope rapper. Uh, dope person. I want you guys to learn a little bit more. Uh, about him, so Caswell, give us the give us the rundown on you. What are some essentials that people need to know as they begin to kind of build a relationship with you as a part of the Read a Book podcast? Well, uh, I've I've released I've released three albums uh, under Cast One, but really I'm claiming two of those at mm. this point: the Monster and the Wishing Well, and uh, my most recent is called So Our Egos Don't Kill Us. That uh, it's on Strange Famous Records. Um, yeah, that's that's about as as deep into me. I'm a family man. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a musician. Uh, I rap a lot for a living and for a hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said that the two albums that you sort of claim are the Monster and the Wishing Well, uh, and so our egos don't kill us. By chance, are they because those are the two albums that I'm featured on? <laughs> yeah, because it's more <laughs> the adult me. the The first one I did. It's called Liberation. Um, I made that when I was mm-hmm. I was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, I look back on it and it, I just think that that's more of like, it's kind of a demo reel. There's mm-hmm. some stuff there, but it's like, you know, you you look you look at your childhood and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. kind of grit your teeth at it. Um, so maybe talk about that a little bit. That'll be uh, interesting, maybe as a springboard into another idea that I want to share in a little bit. Sure. Um, Maybe when did you start rapping? So I'm trying to get some of your backstory as far yeah. as hip hop goes, rapping goes. Where did that start? I started rapping when I was I was 13 years old. I used to I kind of like jotted down uh, other musicians' rap songs, mm. and I remember like it it, it was like I want to say 1996 was kind of like when I was 13 years That's old. An important yeah, year. that was like my year in hip hop. Yeah, so it was. Uh, you know, AT Aliens was out. I remember, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I would write down like Andre verses and yeah. try to rap them, and then, but then, all my all my young stuff is like super super gangster when I when I wasn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that that's kind of how I got into it, and then I started taking it more and more seriously. Um, it kind of kept me out of. It kept me out of drugs. Mm. It kept me out of, of doing or even partying, really, because mm. I just stayed home. And um, it was me and a, and a bitter Stevens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just 
I mean, we didn't go out. Yeah. We, we sat in a basement yeah. and, and would write mm-hmm. and, and listen to hip-hop. That and that's was, fascinating when you think about sort of the refuge uh, that hip-hop has been for you uh, and certainly for me. Uh, and as we talk about uh, the big payback over the next several weeks, I think that theme will sort of uh, make itself known that hip-hop is a safe space for yeah. a lot of people. Uh, it keeps them from getting in trouble. It gives them creative outlets. Uh, it gives them maybe some sort of clarity or a future that isn't there otherwise. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that, you know, it'll be fascinating to talk with you specifically, not only as someone who's grown up within the culture, uh, maybe from a different vantage point, I think even from me, and we've talked about that, you know, over the years, uh, but then as an artist as well, someone who's actually toured and put out music and yeah. built with people, that'll be fascinating to sort of get your, um, I guess, perspective, you know, as a person, uh, as a thinker, as a rapper, as an artist, uh, all of that. Maybe, uh, what else? What else is about you? What else is important? What else would you want to know? I'm a dad. I'm a father. Um, So, you know, I I think that that translates a lot into this hip-hop world. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, my kids wouldn't have Christmas this year if it wasn't for rap. Yeah. So, um... That's that's probably a bigger part of me than hip hop music, though. Sure. I mean, um, I don't know. That's yeah. That I I don't do I don't do nothing. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I make rap music and I come home and I cook for my kids. Hey, that's great. Um, okay, so a question that I want to ask you, which I'll then use as a, a maybe a translation to the. Uh, contest that I want to share with our audience because we're going to be having a contest here that we want to make everyone aware of. Uh, what is a sort of iconic moment in your life, whether it's an experience or a song or a moment or whatever, maybe 1996 in general, uh, that made you fall in love with hip hop? What's a story that's associated with that? What made you there, fall in love with hip hop? There was there was two like two instances come to mind that I that I can really remember. One being like I got the MC Hammer like don't don't hurt them tape. Yeah, for, yeah. I remember like asking for that for Christmas, mm. and that was a, like I remember like listening to that tape and just being like, "This is amazing," <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> MC Hammer, and which is still like I, I went back and listened to that album, and I'm like, it's still kind of he's dope. holding it down. He holds it down. But a funny memory is um. You remember when like boom boxes you could record? Yeah. Like but you could record the the audio of like what was going on in the room yes, when yes. you hit record. Mm-hmm. So if you had the cheaper ones. So I remember um hitting like the record button um if, when nothing but a G thing came on huh. MTV to yeah. make like a tape so that I could listen to that. Yeah. And then my sister coming up the stairs and like yelling at me and I'm like, shut up, I'm recording, I'm recording this. And like, I, I heard that tape a couple of years ago and I was like that, that, that's, that's a hip hop memory. Yeah, right no there. doubt. That's an that iconic was, memory. That was man. So, um, I think my brothers more got me into to hip hop, I just remember mm. like cruising around in my cousin's. Uh, he had like a pickup truck with like a camper show, yeah. And he would take his dad's house speakers, and they would just like pound in the back. So funny, yeah, man. And we would do, that was a, that was cool for me because mm-hmm. I got to hang out with my brothers, and mm-hmm. all we listened to was yeah, you know, too short and yeah. stuff that I should not have been listening to. Yeah, as a kid. no doubt, no doubt. Uh, I think that brings us to a sort of important moment. Uh, especially in this episode, uh, like I mentioned, we want to, uh, well, we're launching a, a contest over the next couple of weeks. Um, and so we want you guys to engage with this. The question is, what moment, what song, what experience made you fall in love with hip hop? Uh, and it doesn't have to be you know, specific. We're not pigeonholing it to any uh, specific answer. We just want to hear from y'all. Uh, and you can sound off on social media. Uh, just make sure to mention myself, at I am Sean Little, as well as Cass One. Uh, Cass, where, where can they find you on social media? Uh, at C-A-S-O-N-E, the number one for Twitter. Okay, so mention uh, at I am Sean Little and at Cass One. And also Fourth District, you can write you know, across social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or call and leave us a voicemail because uh, we definitely want to include some of those stories in our next podcast. 
470-722-0782. We would love, love, love to hear from y'all. So make sure to holler at us. Again, the question is, uh, what moment, what song, what experience made you fall in love with hip-hop? I'm scared that like some of my fans are going to get a hold of that number and do weird stuff. <laughs> what kind of weird stuff would they do? Oh, dude, we're going to get some you're going to get some weird voicemails on there. I hope we get some if weird voicemails. If it's anything like my Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you anticipate what something weird would be? I don't know. Uh I mean, Out they the box. they kind of every day is is it's a new thing. Mm-hmm. It's a new way to hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or be weird. Um, and if you are, you know, just a fan or someone who's tracked with Cast One, uh, definitely say what's up to me. We look forward to building uh, over the next several weeks. Uh, again, the book that we're reading is The Big Payback, The History of the Business of Hip Hop by Dan Charnis. Uh, you can find a link uh, in my social media, most likely in Jacob's social media as well, uh, and at fourthdistrict.com backslash read a book. That's F-O-R-T-H district.com backslash read a book. Uh, so let's chat briefly uh, sort of about this book uh, and how, uh, how the next several weeks is going to function. Um, so again, we're reading essentially what is two chapters per week. That's going to be the rhythm for uh, the Read a Book podcast. So in the big payback, in the big payback, there are eight albums, uh, which are like sections, which basically include two chapters each. Um, and we're going to discuss the first section, so the first two chapters in an episode that releases on Monday. January 1st. So today is Monday, December 18th. Then we have Monday, December 25th. And on Monday, January 1st, we're going to release the first episode discussing uh, the first album of The Big Payback. So next week on December 25th, we're going to announce the winner of the contest. Uh, And we're going to draw that randomly and we'll make sure to post online and include your voicemail or your story in the episode as well. Um, But that is intentional on my part uh, because I do hear a lot of people talk about New Year's resolutions. Oh, I wish I read more. I want to read more. I just don't make time for it. I don't have time for it. Uh, And what I'm really enjoying about Read a Book thus far uh, is that it does seem like an online community, like an online book club almost for people to be able to come together, chop up ideas, and read a relatively modest amount each week, maybe 30 pages, 40 pages, or whatever. Uh, So we would love for you all to join in us in reading a book, not only through the big payback, love for you all to rock with us in this, but moving forward as well uh, so we can be you know, readers and thinkers uh, and people who make conversation cool again, can talk to each other through different ideas and uh, topics. Jacob, talk about maybe your relationship uh, with reading. What are things that you've read, that you've dug? Uh, what do you value about reading? Why would you be on this podcast with me? What are some of those thoughts? Well, I think you know within the last year is when I've really got into reading. Um, I went through pretty traumatic experience in my life, mm-hmm. and um, I read nothing but self-help books. Yeah for you know months and um i've i've really found the love again i've worked in bookstores mm. uh before but um just it's the the relaxing time like waking up early um mm-hmm. sitting in an armchair so I, I always spin a record while i listen to or mm. i read mm-hmm. so um it just feels very me very mm-hmm. me time mm-hmm. and um i think it's like the most valuable thing that you can do yeah is learn now, I aim for, you know, authenticity, exposure, all that stuff, honesty. So to whatever extent you're comfortable uh, sharing, you talked about a traumatic experience and how that yeah. sort of launched you into reading. Do you care to share more about yeah. that? Well, I um, I went through a divorce, mm-hmm. so I, I read a lot of self-help books and, you know, found out a lot of stuff about myself that yeah. I, I wasn't aware of yeah. before, you know, reading and having that kind of like a magnifying glass into yourself Mm -hmm. because when you you know when you have something um it 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 makes it a very personal experience sure and it makes it a lot more comfortable um looking within yeah when when you when you can you know kind of self-explore yeah and um identify those things within you yeah um i want to hear maybe what is one or a few things that you learned uh, but that does seem like a good transition back to the idea of why I started the Read a Book podcast uh, from the jump because I do think that 
And it's not only now, um, but we are at a time in society and culture and the internet and the era that we live in uh, that's incredible for dope stuff like this, right? You can yeah. connect and publish podcasts and connect with people all over the world uh, on an immediate basis, which, I mean, that is a gift. That's awesome. That's dope. Uh, and again, thank all of you for listening to Read a Book and Engaging. You are awesome. Uh, but then it, there's also a flip side to the immediacy of everything, uh, the accessibility of everything that seems very unhealthy, um, that oh, yeah. we don't think and that we don't slow down and that we don't contemplate and that, like you were saying, we don't wake up in the morning and be quiet and be intentional right. about uh, reading anyone else's thoughts, reading anyone else's wisdom, thinking mm-hmm. about our own issues, uh, that seems to be maybe at an all-time low. Uh, so my intention with Read a Book is not only you know making conversation cool again and having dialogue with people that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise, thinking about ideas that you wouldn't think otherwise, being uh, exposed to people's thoughts that you wouldn't be exposed to otherwise, but just the practical mechanics of reading, slowing down, yeah. being quiet, processing all of that and that's exactly what you were mentioning um so yeah what what's maybe one thing that you've learned about yourself through the process of reading um and i'm not trying to get all in your mix here so thanks for thanks for going there with me i'm trying to i'm trying to think of something that that sticks out the most um i would say something that that's a that's a hard question man Mm. um i I I think that I, that reading has taught me more that like I want to disagree with people more than I want to agree with them. Hmm. Um, like that's your natural inclination. That my my natural inclination huh. is like is more is to be opposing more than it is to be accepting. Yeah. Why do you think um, that is? What's what's that about? I'm not sure. I don't know if that's the hipster in me or yeah. if it's just <laughs> like the I or what I've what I've you know my environment taught me growing up. Huh. Um, but it, you know I've always kind of approached. Um, people with skepticism Mm -hmm. and um, even myself you know that translates to me but I think more with reading especially with Mm self-help it's it's made me try to understand people before I I give my prejudice yeah yeah. insert my prejudice into it so you know now I hate with intention (laughs) as opposed to (laughs) I was haphazardly hating before just throwing it out Now it's more, it's, it's more, uh, it's a thought out. I don't, I don't just blindly dislike something. Yeah. How has that affected your relationships? Maybe your relationship with yourself, sure. co-workers, I think all my, art. my, my, I, I've, I've honestly like, it's made me a better listener mm-hmm. as, as opposed to like wanting to just get things out about myself. Sure. I want to hear from other people. So it's, it, it greatly increases your relationships. Yeah. Um, so like when you talk to somebody and you ask like how they're doing, I I've made it like my goal to not be like how are you doing just so that I can talk about how I'm doing. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that I've learned that from from reading. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you learn about your vanity a lot hmm. and, and self help. So um, just trying to kill that, trying to kill yeah. the ego of it all. Um. Killing the ego of it all, so our egos don't kill us. Was there any relationship between you sort of uh, rekindling your love for reading last year? Yeah, absolutely. And you creating your album? Any, I don't know, talk, maybe give no, us some insight yeah, about that. I mean, it absolutely was. Like, um, when when I first went through everything, I was I was angry, I was sad, and then, you know, I've just... It's it's like the stages of grief. Sure. Um, but that that album is absolutely it's it's basically like something's going to happen in, in everyone's lives that like will kill their ego, mm. and it and it makes you a lot less judgy of people. It makes you a lot less on your high horse because mm. something like people like hold their their opinions like it's the gospel. Yeah. Especially now in in social media, yes. like social media has made people feel way more important about themselves than they really are. Yeah. Me included. Because when you get people that like agree because generally people don't comment their their disagreement with you and you just get a lot of feedback on like how you're right. Huh. Because, you know, you tend to friend like minded people sure. online. Yeah. Or you have people that are in the background like 
this dude's an asshole <laughs> and yeah. like I keep him around just for the drama of yeah, it. Yeah, sure. So um yeah. <clears throat> um real quick and we're going to go to a commercial break here in about 1 minute but and we'll come back to this. Uh but a question that comes to mind earlier you talked about uh, sort of haphazard hating versus intentional hating. Reading has helped you become more of a listener. Uh, I want to understand people. Do you think that you feel more similar to people at this point or dissimilar? Maybe before you were sort of a, a hipster hater and everyone was different than you yeah. and everyone maybe was wrong or didn't agree with you or whatever. Uh, at this point, after reading, thinking, becoming more contemplative, do you feel like you're more like most people or more fundamentally unlike most people. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. I, um, you know, I don't know if this is egotistical, but I've, I, I do feel very different than a lot of people. But mm-hmm. I also feel, you know, I, I think that the differences in me are probably the differences in everyone. Hmm. Not, not like, all right, I should rephrase that. Sure. Like, I think everybody has differences that really set them apart. Yeah. I have a lot of those differences in me that set me apart. Sure. Not as an egotistical thing, just like as habits or, or, yeah. or, or what I do with my time. Sure. Um, but as far as emotion, I think that all of us are very, very similar mm-hmm. in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um just not similar to how we handle yeah. our emotions. Maybe express ourselves Ex- or what that absolutely. looks like, but in a fundamental sense, we're similar. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Or, that's dope. Uh, well, like I said, we're going to transition to a brief commercial break. Again, you are listening to the Read a Book podcast, introducing my uh, special co-host, Cast One, and the brand new book that we're reading, The Big Payback, The History of the Business of Hip Hop uh, by Dan Charnas. Thanks for rocking with Read a Book. This episode of the Read a Book podcast is brought to you in part by We Society, apparel, merchandise, and inspiration to change the world. Get 10% off any order at weapparel.co by using the code 4th District. That's F O R T H District. And connect with We Society at weapparel.co to inspire bold action, united, together, resolved. We are the ones we are waiting for. We Society. Okay, we are back. Uh, again, you are listening to the Read a Book Podcast. I'm your host. I am Sean Little across the internet. And my co-host, uh, the Cass legendary One. Cass One. Semi-legendary, super legendary in this household. <laughs> uh, again, the book that we're reading for the next several weeks is entitled The Big Payback, The History of the Business of Hip-Hop. And if this is going to convince you to get the book, if you don't have it in your hands yet, uh, let me read from the leaflet of the book a little bit about the book, and then we're going to uh, transition and talk. Yeah, I got hardback, so I don't play with the books. I, I don't got, play with the books. I'm paperback. It's still first edition. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> first edition paperback, cut. Uh, so the question is, and again, the author is Dan Charnas, uh, author, he's an artist, really interesting dude, been rocking with him online, and obviously since he wrote this book, uh, was involved heavily uh, in the record industry as well, which is sort of a fascinating transition from record industry to author. And Anyway, he practices yoga, you know what I'm saying? Full circle <laughs> kind of dude, my guy. Uh, so how did street music from the South Bronx and Harlem evolve over 40 years into a multi-billion dollar global industry? It wasn't an accident. In The Big Payback, Dan Charnas chronicles the volatile history of the hip-hop industry through its key players. Hungry hustlers, innovative entrepreneurs, visionary handlers, and shrewd executives who had the business acumen to take the music of a marginal urban subculture and transform it into a mainstream pop cultural phenomenon. From the early long shot success of Sugar Hill Records and Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, to Run DMC's crossover breakthrough on MTV, to the marketing of gangster rap and the rise of stars like Jay-Z and Sean Combs, who each had multi-million dollar businesses, The Big Payback is a raw, real blow-by-blow tale of inspiration and treachery of how hip-hop records got made and marketed, how the deals were done, and who won and lost in this epic struggle. Focusing on successful marketing strategies from the branding of hip-hop artists by labels such as Profile and Def Jam to the key management choices that broke through the color barrier color barrier on radio and MTV, Charnas provides an insider's analysis of what has allowed hip-hop not only to endure, but to dominate. 
called for more than 300 revealing interviews with key industry players, including Russell Simmons, Rick Rubin, Warner Records, Chief Lior Cohen, and more. The Big Payback is both a fascinating narrative and provocative primer on hip-hop's compelling paradigm for business success in a new multicultural America. The Big Payback, the history of the business of hip-hop, is a super dope book. I'm so excited to be discussing it with y'all, engaging online and my man Cast One. If that ain't enough for you, the New York Times says, exhaustive yet vigorous. Holler. That's, that's, a, that's the number one praise for the big payback in this book. New York Times, they got much to say, but they Exhaustive, said a lot. Exhaustive, well, yet vigorous. The um, source says it's the ultimate hip-hop blueprint. I thought the source was always the ultimate hip-hop blueprint mm, when I was a kid. Takes one to know one. You know what I'm saying? Do you remember that? The source? Man. Ain't a big you, deal? Five mics source? The source is a big deal. No doubt. We used to go, we used to go and pick up the source like... Why? Why didn't we ever get the the subscription? Right. Like we still paid the full price like every sure. single month. Why didn't you get a discount? <laughs> why, why didn't I get that discount? So we get that, but we would rip out like all of the um, the ads. Yeah. And then like stick them up on mm-hmm. the wall. I lived mm-hmm. in a basement, so yeah. we grew up in the basement. And uh, me and me and Bitter Stevens, man, we would we would we would read those mm. like like cover to cover yeah. and then rip out those and stick them up on yeah. the wall that was like all the way up until i found out about indie hip-hop hmm. and then when i found out about indie hip-hop i was like ah oh, this junk don't even cover it yeah so we we just i stopped and mm-hmm. then i was like i hate the mainstream yeah right yeah yeah <laughs> that is fascinating to me like um Man, what was the thought there? Just that we... I was thinking about this when you were talking about your tape player. And obviously, this isn't a new thought. uh, But it's so fascinating to me that we, like, grew up in sort of an era. Maybe Mm. that's gone forever. An era. Even when you just think about our experience of rap music and hip-hop culture, it was a very material experience. There was a cassette cassette tape. Uh, You had to hit record. You hollered at your sister because that moment was passing right when the song was on the Dog. radio like and you couldn't get it maybe for another 60 minutes or whatever till it came back on release dates man and then Tuesday, like going dude. through and like through through the linear notes and books yes. and like looking at shout outs yes. and being like yeah that's that like like just going solely off the word mm-hmm. of the shout outs mm-hmm. and going and buying albums yeah. because of that yeah no doubt man i think i don't know that this is entirely true but there was i'm a big Royce the 59 fan um and he put out a record. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Death is certain. No, it wasn't death is certain. It was it was like later than that. Um, I forget what the record's called. But I remember going and buying that record on a Tuesday yeah. uh, at a you know record store in Cincinnati. Um, and I think maybe that was my last Tuesday record purchase. Because even since then, and the digitization and of music, Fridays. and yeah, Fridays are a release date. But I remember buying that CD, and I'm I can't believe I forget what the name of that record is. It's all right, man. Royce Five Nine makes a lot of forgettable. Records. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Royce Five Nine is so dope. He's so good, but okay. he makes forgettable music. All right, but that you know, do I, you remember I, that he made an album with Eminem? Because I yeah, mean, like Bad so, vs. Evil, but I never even listened to that album. I'm saying that's crazy. And you love Royce the Five Nine. Love Royce the Five Nine. He's a phenomenal rapper, and Golly. no one cares. Man, he's so dope. But I, but that is kind of an iconic moment. I remember being in that parking he's more lot. More popular than me, for sure. Say, I mean, yeah. yeah, pulling the plastic off, putting the record in. Gosh, like, and those moments feel gone. So that's a that's a reason why I'm excited about sort of reading the big payback and understanding the the history and the geography and the business relationships because that's uh, again an era that I think is gone. Physical media is so important to me. Like yeah. I still buy but well, why buy I collect vinyl. Sure. So like I I read the linear notes still. Yeah. I I like the texture like I I feel like you know what an artist like put into mm-hmm. a project based on like the appearance of it yeah. like based on what the they they put inside of mm-hmm. it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um you know a lot of record companies just you know, they they kind of shit out um product nowadays sure. just to get people to buy it like special edition just huh. by but you know you when when a, when an artist cares about their project yeah they you can you can feel it you can sense it just by 
holding the media yeah, yeah. in your hands. So maybe talk about that. And again, what I'm fascinated uh, in hearing from you, uh, not only as a dude who has been down, but on the artist tip and the business tip, again, we're prepping for uh, the history of the business of hip-hop. So I want to understand maybe, I don't know, what what is some of your experience uh, as a rapper, as a musician, as an artist, uh, dabbling with the business side of things, the tourings, the yeah. bookings, getting paid, selling merch. Like, what do you love? What do you hate? What are you really good at? What are you terrible at? Yeah. Well, the, my, my favorite thing is like art direction with it. I, I, I love um, writing music. Um, I think recording is like tedious. I don't enjoy mm. recording mm-hmm. um, until like it's done. Right. Like once it's done, I, I like that. But uh, my favorite thing to do is like laying out like the the visual aspect of the project, mm-hmm. um, because I feel like I go- I'm good there. Yeah. I feel like I shine, and and a lot of that was growing up like enjoying looking at the projects, yeah, visual like, art. Yeah, like the Bone Thugs and Harmonies East 1999. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that CD? Book yes. Book? Like you, um, the corner, the the street corner signs. Street corner signs, and like when you when you uh, when you open it up, uh-huh. there's like backwards words. So if you held it in the mirror, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, man, and it, like the Ouija board look. Sure. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and and it made it made you have a feeling about that group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the music that yeah. you listened to. You're yeah. like, oh, they're, they made it. It communicated something. It, yeah. it touched another sense. It engaged another sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And there was a part of me like, oh, man, if I read this backwards in a mirror, is something bad going to happen yeah. to me? Yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and that was a lot of like. Did something bad happen to you? Yeah, I listened to I. <laughs> I was affected by Bone Thugs and Harmony yeah. for years and no years. Doubt. Of my life. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> no, I, Bone Thugs and Harmony were like my heroes Man, growing up. My dude Jay too. He loved those. Fools. I loved them. Who was Bi- your favorite? Busy Bone. Busy, yeah. Busy Bone was yeah. it. He's st- he's still dope. Would you get a feature from Busy Bone on a record? Absolutely, now? <laughs> man. Actually, I I messaged Busy Bone one time. Um, he responded to a compliment I gave to him, and I was like, I'm, "I want to, I want to hit this dude up for a feature." Wow. Yeah, and then never, never hit me back. Busy Anywhere. Bone, where you at? Busy. Oh, I know busy. you listen to this. Busy. Everybody. Let's get busy. Um, okay, so that's something that you're good at. That's something you feel that you're good at. That you uh, have been, tra- you know, been into since you were young or whatever. Um, what about what about Cass One, the businessman in the music yeah. world? What what are you good at? What are you bad at? What do you love? What do you hate? Um, I used to be like so tenacious when I like when when I was less talented and when I was coming up. I mm-hmm. remember just being like selling myself to sure. everyone. Sure. And now I'm kind of like laid back in the cut. Mm-hmm. It's like um, I I don't. I don't go for it as much as as I used to. And a lot of that is like, you know, the jaded part of it. Mm. Or kind of feeling like, you know, people should come to me. Sure. At this point. I've paid my dues or or I've paid like that part of my dues. Yeah. Um, But as far as like, you know, I don't tour as much as as a lot of rappers like in my field. I can Mm -hmm. tour 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. But... You know, family life is valuable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not making like, you know, if I'm not making a yearly salary, yeah, just by touring, like of what I can make at a job, right? Then I can't let my family suffer. Sure. At this point, yeah. Um, but that, I, I, and I could do that if I was gone all of the time, right? And that's just not feasible yeah. to me. Yeah, I got yeah. a girlfriend that mm-hmm. I that I like to mm-hmm. to hang out with. I got kids that mm-hmm. I, that I. I'd love to hang out with, and it's just like, you know, um, yeah, it's a give and a take. It is a give and a take, yeah. and it's, and, and you know, I'm sure, sure that that pisses my record label off sometimes, <laughs> yeah. where it's like I should be out there touring more, um, but I want more money yeah. for my time, sure, uh, which is 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 kind of like a weird topic to bring up in indie hip hop. Like hmm. if you if your fans in indie hip hop hear you talk about money it's like a sore spot for them huh talk about that well it's a it's like 
you know, money money is secondary, and it's all like feeling, mm-hmm. which I get. Yeah, you know, like coming up, it's supposed to be like, real. Yeah, and... it's like real, but it's like, dog, I have a mortgage. To These pay. bills are real. These you know what I'm saying? Real. My credit score is <laughs> all the way real right now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, if and and I I can donate when it's when it's time to donate. But right. It ain't time to donate right yeah. now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, huh. Yeah, that's a real thing, man. Like yeah. indie hip hop fans, you got to do it for love a lot of time. I think. But is that is that a false persona? I mean, because if you're gonna be quote successful mm-hmm. in indie rap world and indie art world as an artist, period. Yeah. Don't you have to make money? You will absolutely. Yeah. I mean, all the I mean, like all of the big big acts in indie are making money. It's just you don't ever talk about it. Is that disingenuous of them? Because not they, at all. No. Okay. No, I mean, I don't think any of them really sell themselves uh, as. They just don't talk about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I'm sure if they had to talk about it, then you know that that may put like a, a frown on some some uh, backpackers' faces. Yeah. But I want to understand that. That's something that I do find myself thinking more about nowadays. Maybe it's why I chose this book. Um, but like. Money is a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's not. It's it's yeah, yeah. it's inanimate. It's not uh, moral. Therefore, it's neither good nor bad. It's it's neutral. Yeah. Um, just like a hammer is neutral. You can use it to build a house or to bang somebody upside the head with it, right? Um, so I find myself wanting. Uh, to talk about all sort of the taboo topics, whether it's sex or religion or politics or money or whatever. That's the stuff that I actually want to talk about. Yeah. Um, and I realize that there's social norms there, you know what I'm saying? And money is something that, you know, people might floss about it, flaunt about it, act like they got it, maybe have possessions that makes them appear as if they're wealthy, whatever. Uh but it just seems like so few people will actually talk about dollars and cents in any kind of real way that's helpful for people. You know what I'm no saying? No doubt, yeah. And I just don't – I mean, I, I guess I understand it. I don't understand it, and, and I wish that that were different. What do you think that's about? Why is there because such I don't taboo think, associated because with Because I it? think, like, the, like if, you're, if you're talking about it, you, you almost want to be bragging about it. Hmm. Like, so if you're rich, then it's easy to talk about. Mm-hmm. But if you're just like paying bills, yeah. it, it's it's mundane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it gets talked about, but it gets talked about in a different way. Sure. Just like how um, rap fans are like, oh, I like I like indie hip hop because it's not all about like sex and drugs and, and, uh, and money. And it's like it is, yeah. All of it, it, it is. You know uh, what I'm saying? But it's just like talked about differently. Huh. Like every song about it, like a heartbreak is about sex, yeah. Like in one way, yeah. shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, or, and a lot of the indie struggles that you don't have any money, right? So it's still absolutely. being talked about yeah, all the yeah, time. Exactly, exactly. Huh? It's just like, if, man, if I had a lot of money, I I would I'd be talking way different. Yeah. You know what I mean? You hmm. have a different life. Sure. And then it's it's like you either you either have that content or you don't. But as far as like talking about money in a in a productive way, I don't know. Maybe some maybe Tyler Quality could make a right. song about yeah, yeah. doing that. I don't know if um, I wouldn't be the one huh. that could do that. Yeah, that's just something you know. And and, and for some of y'all, this is kind of just personal insight on Sean Little. Uh, But I left a salary job probably about four or five months ago. Um, And I'm just very interested in carving out self-employment for myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to be able to earn uh, a sustainable income doing things that I care about, you know, doing work based on my ideas and my convictions and my hustle and things that you know things that I care about but also like I was talking to you about earlier today with launching your podcast I want to leverage skill sets oh, or experiences about the on your podcast yeah. so that you affect me later <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean that really does come to mind I want yeah. to be able to leverage you know my passions or skill sets or interests or whatever to help people that I know people that I care about 
financially as well. Like I want my homeboys to make money. I want yeah, people yeah. who I'm connected to who are in poverty. I want money to flow their way. I want yeah. And I just I don't hear a lot of people talking about that. And I just feel like if we would talk about it more, and if Jay-Z, that was Jay Z made a big deal on four forty four. Yeah. That record, Dude. I guess people like made freaked out because Jay Z was like protect your credit score or something like feel that. Feel that, you know what I mean? Feel that, and that's like there's a maturity about that. There's a grownness about that mm-hmm. that like I think, especially within hip hop, uh, especially within the mainstream, is just missing. It's lacking, and I want more like financial literacy and wisdom and acumen discussed in hip hop world. Um, sure. Where you as an artist, like your art is worth something. Now, the market might dictate that. You might dictate what that is. My time is worth a certain amount. I want all of that discussed just like you discuss liner notes or just like you discuss dope lyrics or your favorite MCs or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just wish that was in the mix in that an honest be, way. Make, make that your mark, dog. Yeah. Put it in the linear notes. Yeah. Talk about give them give them websites where they can go to get their credit score <laughs> to get their credit score up. Well, again, you are listening. This is what Sean Little's about. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You're listening to the Read a Book podcast. Potentially, the Read a Book podcast is uh, transforming in front of your ears into the financial literacy podcast brought to you by I am Sean Little Castpoint and the Fourth District family. Uh, again, we're going to go to a quick uh, commercial break. Thank you for listening to Read a Book podcast. This episode of the Read a Book Podcast is brought to you in part by River City Mercantile and Coffee Co. located at 223 Main Street in downtown Evansville, Indiana. River City provides a place for over 50 makers to showcase their high quality handmade goods and is home to an exceptional coffee and espresso bar. Get 20% off any gift card purchase when you use the code READABOOK in store or at rivercityevv.com. Shop local, drink coffee, River City. Again, you are listening to the Read a Book podcast. I'm your host, uh, Sean Little, and I'm joined by Cast One. Thank you all for rocking with us. A uh, few things that I want to make sure that we're clear on before we uh, push to conclude this episode. Um, first and foremost, again, we are having a contest, and I wasn't exactly clear about that contest in the beginning of this, so forgive me. Uh, we want to hear from you on social media, and you have to tag us. Uh, or on our actual voicemail, uh, 470-722-0782. We want a memory. We want a, a story. Uh, what experience, what song, uh, what thing made you fall in love with hip-hop? What's an well, iconic experience in your life? Give them a second. Let them get a pen or open up their notepad. Yep. Do it right now, listener. Pause. Pause. Give them that number one more time. That number is 470-722-0782. And as you share your iconic moment that you fell in love with hip-hop, we're going to draw from all the people who submit and enter into that contest. We're going to draw a winner, uh, and you're going to receive several goodies. One, a shout-out on the next episode of the Financial Freedom Podcast. I mean, the Read a Book (laughs) Podcast. You're going to get a shout-out on the next episode. Uh, You're going to get a copy of The Big Payback, The History of the Business of Hip-Hop by Dan Charnas. You're going to get a fourth... District T-shirt. I'm not giving them. I got the hard copy. Copy. My joint was expensive. We're gonna give them your paperback copy. <laughs> okay. No, I'm kidding. We're gonna give you a copy of the read. Or I'm sorry, the big payback. Um, it can be physical. It can be digital. You can determine that. Uh, you're also gonna get a fourth district T-shirt, and my man Cast One might have some merch to throw yeah, at you. I will throw a vinyl your way from Strange Famous and myself. Uh, it's a splatter vinyl. It's the So Our Egos Don't Kill Us. Yeah. I, I will give it to Sean to ship because I hate shipping my own stuff. Dude, that's a thing. You're shipping that. Happy to do that. So, again, share your experience, your iconic moment that you fell in love with uh, hip-hop. We're going to include some of those voicemails, some of those online comments. We're going to draw a winner, uh, and you are going to receive a copy of The Big Payback by Dan Charnas. You're going to receive a 4th District T-shirt and a Cast One Limited Edition Strange Limited. Famous I'm vinyl. For them. I'm buying that copy of my vinyl That's dope. for you. That's dope. I'll sell you a copy Financial of that vinyl. <laughs> uh okay i want to talk real quick because i've never really asked you about this i don't think 
Um, oh, I, I want to talk to you real quick about, you know, I think that we've talked about this, like our lens maybe on rap music, mm-hmm. on hip-hop culture, uh, they're kind of different. I, I wasn't as hip to sort of white indie rap music as you <laughs> white are. White indie hip-hop. Don't you think it is? Yeah, well, I mean, kind of. Sure. You know, yeah. there, but there's a lot of, I think the black artists are more talented than a lot of the white artists mm-hmm. and they don't get the recognition sure. that the, the white artists And are. I'm not saying that the whole indie scene is white. I'm just saying that was kind of a, that whole scene I was relatively unfamiliar with. Yeah. Um, you know, when we met and you've got me hip to a lot of that stuff. Uh, so this is a question about sort of anyone who hasn't been familiar with Cast One that goes and checks them out um, after listening to this episode. You'll see some of this stuff. Uh, what is up with your artwork? A lot of it is there's just it it's, looks really dark. Yeah, it's dark, maybe blood. I don't want to say violent necessarily, sure. but there's it's thematic, and I mean it's been that way for years. Yeah, where where's that inspiration drawn from? What's that about? That's that's mainly me. Like mm-hmm. I I I have always like I love visual art like more than I love music. Yeah. So like I've always been I always think that like the darker stuff is way more interesting to look at hmm. than the happy stuff yeah. or sunsets. Yeah. So like it's it's almost like a world of fantasy and there's a lot more to see in it. Hmm. So like and my music is dark. Um it may not as be always as dark as what the cover would let on. Sure. But um I just do that because that's that's what I'm into mm-hmm. visually. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to see. And so that the the visual art that your music comes packaged in, mm-hmm. it might not necessarily be a, a, a one-for-one comparison. The visual art might be a completely different element to your art than the music is. They don't necessarily coincide with each it's, other. It's or, more like of a metaphor of what's inside. So, hmm. like the, it's like it's it's like saints with their with their throats. Yeah, yeah. On the on the um. Which is like myself and figure as as saints with our throats cut. Mm-hmm. Um, On so our egos don't kill yeah. us. Yeah. So and and it also has like there like there's a, there's shout outs to the lyrics on there. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you know, staying gold is yeah. represented on it, and yeah. then, um, the wedding band being on my middle finger mm. on the front cover. Huh. Um, but that that so our egos don't kill us is more like if you think you're a god you're gonna you're yeah. gonna get shot down yeah yeah you're gonna, you're gonna die sure um, that that part of you is gonna die so that's mm-hmm. what that cover represents mm-hmm. that's dope so are you surprised at this point in your life doing music uh, almost twenty years mm-hmm. um, at the <clears throat> not only the sort of philosophical or ideological success that you've had right you've made songs and you've collaborated with people you're signed to strange famous a huge fan of them for a long time not that stuff but are you even surprised by like the business success that you've had that you've been paid to play gigs and to tour you've sold merch yeah you surprised by that stuff I am. Um, I, I'm surprised, like, all of the time, like, the response that you get from it. Or, mm-hmm. like, I just found out that I had, like, a million minutes streamed. Which, you know, for other artists, that's a that's a drop in the bucket. For, for Dog, me, that's, that's amazing. A, that's the only time my name's ever been associated with a million. Yeah, I heard that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's a, that's huge for me. Huh. Um, and then seeing, like, all of the countries yeah. that, that listen to it. It's, like, over 50 two countries awesome. that, that are familiar with my music it's and crazy. then um spot spotify for artists is is dope because it gives like a breakdown of like where people are listening yeah. from and just yeah. like what song that is your most popular you're about to translate your album week. to your most successful countries <laughs> exactly well <laughs> <laughs> the cat's out of the bag <laughs> the cat's out of the bag that's my next project um but yeah i mean the first time i i I'd never realized that you got to like put money into it to yeah. get money out of it mm-hmm. when I was coming up. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that came later in life. Mm-hmm. And then like, you, you know, the first time I got a $500 check from mm-hmm. it, I was like, Oh my God. Quit my job. <laughs> I'm about to, it, you know what I mean? Yes. So it was, it's wild. And then, you know, licensing a song and then getting significantly more money from huh. that. You're like, Okay. Yeah. If this happened all the time, then yeah. maybe I would do this. Mm-hmm. All, I would do nothing but this. Yeah. I would just be in my studio. Huh. But but that surprises me. And I, but I think the most 
the most gratifying thing about it is like I like being after shows and talking to the people that, mm-hmm. that have bought the music and being like, hey, I bought this on iTunes, hmm. but I got to get the the record of yeah, this yeah. and have you sign this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're, you're, that, that's me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I go to places right. and I do that. Yeah. That, that they actively want to support you as an artist because they care about you as a person. Yeah. It's no doubt. Dope. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to push to wrap us up. We got plenty to talk about over the next uh, eight or nine weeks. Um, again, let me reiterate that we are doing a contest, uh, and you'll find out more about this as we release it online, uh, what hashtags to use, who to tag. Uh, but what you need to do is share your iconic moment, a memorable experience when you fell in love with hip-hop. You can leave that voicemail at 470 722 or leave your comments online, and we'll draw from some of those as well. Uh, we'll draw a, a winner at random from everyone who submits, and you will receive a copy of the big payback, a fourth district t-shirt, and a copy of Cast One's uh, most recent album put out on Strange Famous Records entitled <laughs> So Our Egos Don't Kill Us. Sean Hill's um, on there. I am on that. Y'all don't know about that. Y'all don't know that I be rapping, boy. We ain't really talked about that now. Uh, but the, the book that I'm so excited again, I keep saying this, I want y'all to get it. We're going to give you a little bit more time this time to get that book and to start reading. Uh, it's entitled the big payback, the history of the business of hip hop. Uh, I've gleaned a lot from it. I hope that we're able to have really cool conversations, uh, about, uh, the place where hip hop came from, uh, the ingenuity and genius uh, of the people who created not only uh, the culture and the art of hip hop, but the business as well. Um, and just what they said at the end of that uh, description that I read before, uh, the realities of a multicultural America, especially the, the more and more that we go into uh, the future. Um, I'm really excited to have those conversations. Look forward to rocking with y'all. Uh, Cast One, where can people find you across the internet if they want to connect with you? Uh, Facebook, just search C-A-S space O-N-E. On Twitter, get at me at C-A-S O-N-E, then the number one. And yeah, I mean, if you if you Google Cast One, I'm gonna pop up. You know what I'm saying? I got a you. Wikipedia page. <laughs> I got a Wikipedia. What else do you need to know? Uh, again, I'm your host. Sean Little, you can find me across the internet at I am Sean Little. Uh, thank you all so much for rocking with us. We're excited to release episodes each Monday uh, for the rest of my life, and maybe then Cast One will take over when I retire out of this joint. Uh, but we look forward to rocking with y'all. Thank you for reading a book and being a part of the Read a Book podcast. Peace until next week. Tri-